This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Today we are joined by Intabising Mukhatwe, who is an HIV activist living with HIV herself. Uh, she looked nervous when she came in, but I think she's, you're fine now, yeah? I'm okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so so good. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Thank you so much for for taking your time and and coming through onto the show. We appreciate your 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 time. Now, uh, maybe let's start by asking you, Kwenamang, and and where you're from. Okay, my name. Uh, firstly, let me uh, greet the listeners. Yeah. Uh, my name is Ntabise Mohatwe. Originally, I'm from Ranfontaine in okay. a location called Mushakeng. All right. Yes. So I've been in Bulukwani since 2004. Oh, you are well, Bulukwani. Yes. Yeah. You belong here. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you belong here. You are ours. Yes. So, um, give us a brief uh, glimpse as to what you were like back in high school. How would you um, how would you describe Ntabising back then? Oh, Ntabising, uh, I was a very reserved person and very quiet, but accommodating to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that was you throughout high school. Um, yeah, you, 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 throughout you, high school. Were you one of those people who were forgettable in class, like in in school? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, and then and then you know the the the, the bigger side of things, uh, varsity. You know, take us through that. How how was that for you? It was interesting and challenging at the same time, but I enjoyed everything there. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because you're an HIV activist, right? Yes. Um, and, and the reason I'm doing this bit of a background check on you, right, is because, you know, back in the day, uh, there was this stigma, right? Or this idea that, you know, people with uh, HIV, why am I a man? You know, about <laughs> Uh, they're promiscuous, you know. Yeah. Um, yes. m- multiple partners, you know. Um, w- what year did you personally find out uh, that you you were positive? And uh, would you say there's any truth to to that stigma? Um, there is, and on the other hand, there is no truth to the other stigma. Okay. Because uh, you we get HIV in different forms. Yeah. Yeah. So with me. I was 21 when I was gang raped by a group of five guys. Sheesh, man. And I was still a virgin by then. Mm. So you can imagine mm. me not even knowing anything about being sexual, active and everything. And then you get to lose your virginity in that cruel manner. Mm. And yeah, it was in 2006. I was actually back home visiting my mom. Okay. So my friends, um, they came to me. They were in a project to establish a community radio station. Mm. And they said that I can help them. And I offered my services. So when we were busy, because Ikasa wanted us to raise funds mm. before they can issue a, a license. So we had um, some events and it was on the 3rd of June. So I'm, I'm really not a 626 person. Mm. So uh, throughout uh, the whole day, I got tired and then I told them that um, I'm going home. Uh, the recreational center that we were hosting the event at, it's not really far away from my home. Okay. It's plus minus your 30 minutes walk. All right, all right. Yeah, so I decided that I would walk you home. You walk home, yeah. yeah. And me going home, it was before midnight, actually. And then I just decided to go home. So I actually passed 
I don't know if you've been to a location, you know, uh, because there are people who work at the mines. Mm-hmm. So they stay at a, a certain hostel. Okay, there. okay. Yeah, so it, yeah. So you get all your Zulu cluster people, different, uh, you know, everybody. So uh, when I was passing there, um, I actually walked. You know, when you walk, yeah, you can see your shadow. Mm. Yeah, so me passing, I could hear voices coming from behind. And I told myself that uh, these people, they were just, you know, going wherever they are going Mm. and they were going to pass. But unfortunately, it became a different story. Mm. So as I was counting, I could count their shadows. So it was five of them. And then, yeah, then I was the sixth one. So um, what happened? uh, One of them put something that felt like a gun, you know, just uh, behind me. And they said I should not scream. I should not do anything. And then they said, uh, we're going to turn back. And they took me at the back of our clinic. So there's those, uh, the, the trees. Mm, yeah, mm. it's sort of a dumping site there. Okay. Yeah, so that's where they took me. And then the first one, yeah. Oh, before that. And then they said, how do you want it to be done? So, you know, when something like that freezes, you, uh, it happens mm. to you, you just freeze. It like, paralyzes you, yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, so I kept quiet. I did not say anything. So the, the first one actually pushed me. So I felt, you know, backwards. Mm. And then, yeah, they just took my trousers and then my underwear. And then, yeah, the first guy actually raped me and it was extremely painful. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I actually did not scream, but I was I was crying because I could feel the tears coming out. Yeah, you were, yeah, you so, were in pain. Yeah, exactly. So the first one raped me, and then the second one also raped me. So the third one was actually reluctant, and then the first one was like, "I let me show you how it's done." Mm-hmm. So the first one repeated. So um yeah, the third one then mm-hmm. he raped me also. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the fourth and the fifth guy because. I actually blacked out, mm, you know, mm, yeah. and then when I regained consciousness, there were no way to be seen. And then I had to pull everything up and then, you know, pick myself up and then walk straight home. Mm, and mm. funny thing, um, my house is actually next door to the police station. Yeah. But I passed the police station. I just went in. home. Yeah. Yeah. I just went home. I knocked and my mom opened and was like, where are your keys? So I could not find my keys. So I think my keys, they fell when yeah. those guys pushed me. Mm. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, I got into a bathtub and then I took a bath and then I slept throughout. And I actually did not tell my mom even what happened. Hmm. You know, so it mm. was on the 3rd of June. So yeah, it was June, July, August, September, uh, yeah, October, and then I started getting sick around that time. Mm. So when they took me to a doctor, then that's when I had to relive what had happened yeah, on the 3rd yeah, of yeah. June. And you were 21 at the time? I was 21. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then after that, they had to do your pregnancy test and everything. So um, after that, they found out that I was pregnant. Mm, so the mm. pregnancy it was actually going for six months it has yeah it had exceeded five months and because of i was not okay physically uh so they the doctor suggested that uh, they terminate the pregnancy Mm, mm. yeah now because it had passed three months yeah so i was referred to the woman's clinic Mm. yeah and then so i i went two days after 
with my with a family friend because my mom was sick yeah yeah and then after that yeah they said i the first time when i got to the women's clinic i was actually not okay because when we got to the consultation room i was not okay i was Mm, not coping mm. and then the doctor said i should come back at least after two or three days yeah because you were still overwhelmed with yeah i was going through a lot yeah yeah and and and, and everything else that is just being thrown at you kind of just overwhelms monday motivation for today man uh we are joined in the studio by hiv activist living with hiv herself in tabising mohatwe uh, who's telling us a very sad story, you know, reliving probably the details of a night maybe that I might describe as horror, uh, right? Yes. So, so, and, and I thank you, like, for, for, for your bravery, uh, you know, being brave enough to, 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 to want to share the story with us. Now, let us, let us continue where you left off. You, you are now at the women's clinic. Yes. Um, termination is on the cards. <laughs> um, you, you eventually go back to proceed with uh, termination. and. Yes. Um, what what happened going forward? Uh, okay, I think the most difficult part about that is that uh, the termination was done by a male doctor. Mm. So yeah, uh, because of what I had went through, and then it brought back a lot of things in my mind. And I remember after immediately after uh, the uh, the whole thing was done, I I said to him, I hate you. To the doctor. To the doctor. Yeah. I literally said that to him. And because him being a doctor, I, I think he understood where I was coming from, you know, mm. because I was still angry with what I, I, I had experienced, mm. you know. Mm. And yeah, after that, then we went home and I, I actually grew this anger and this hatred towards men. Mm. I even got to a point of hating my own brothers. Mm. I wouldn't even sit in the same room with my own brothers, you mm. know. And then my mom even had to sit them down and tell them what happened. So, yeah, they were understanding. And to be honest, I got uh, a lot of support from, from my family, mm. you know, mm. all of them, should, you yeah. know, all of them. Yeah. So. Uh, my brother who is late now, I yeah, he even got some of his friends to to go and and hunt these guys. Mm. So the thing is, I did I I don't know them. I told my brother, you know what? I don't know them. If mm. I knew them, then I will tell them. You know, I will tell you who are those guys. Yeah. But I didn't know them. So at the, at that particular time, if they had shown you the the the, the faces, Chabon, would you have remembered them at that time? Like, I, I think when think so. when time went on, I would have, you know, mm. because where uh, there were times, uh, even now, I would still even have flashbacks yeah. of what happened. Mm. So I think their pictures will just drop in once in a while if I had seen them, mm. you know, yeah. And then how long after that did you now then find out that you were HIV positive? It was the following year. It was in 2007. I remember I was watching uh, Oprah, you know, so they were talking about, you know, the rape victims, the rape survivors. And I, yeah, so it got to me. And then I I remember I even told my sister when she came back from work that I needed to go and test, you know, I need Mm. to know what exactly is going on with my health. Mm. And my sister being protective as she was, she said in type saying, you are not ready. I and because you know I was I was retaliating. It was like you're not even going to tell me. I'm just telling you that I'm going yeah. to test. You're not asking for permission. Yeah. yeah. 
And at the back of my mind, I was actually wo- ho- hoping for the best. So, uh, no, I did went and I remember I was even praying about it. Oh, God, can you please spare me this once? Mm. So, yeah, I, I went and tested. So, unfortunately, the results came back positive. And, yeah, now that hit me, you know, mm. I hit rock bottom. And I got to a point where I even suffered depression. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was just living in my own world. Yeah, I shut everybody out. So, yeah, it was just, you know what? Mm. Ah, I don't have anything to live for. Because remember when HIV and AIDS were introduced before? It was like, yeah, you don't even Yeah, so it was like, are ah, you going to die mm. anytime soon? And that led you to be depressed. To be yeah. depressed. So, yeah, I was just living in my own world. Yeah, I remember even my sister started hiding things, you know. Mm, You're cleaning sure. detergents, yeah. you know, the sharp objects. Mm. I was like, oh, so, yeah. Shame, man. And, and um, speaking of which, your sister, your, your brothers, your, your mother... After you went uh, for the test, right, yes. and you found out you were positive, who was the first person you told? I went with my sister. Okay. Yeah. So she. So she was the first. first she was one. there with you when you got the news. Yes. All right. She was there All right. with me. And then you had to go break it down to your mom. Uh, we yes. yeah we broke the news uh, with my brother. No, it was actually 2011. Mm. Yeah, when we were going to bury my father. Oh man. Yes. Because I started taking my medication in 2011 after getting TB, mm. then my CD4 count went down. Yeah. So that's when they saw the medication. So my sister had to tell them yeah. what happened. Yeah. It is Capricorn Family and Popo Science Frequency Motivation Mondays, of course, here on Capricorn Drive. Uh, we are still in the studio with um, Ntabi Singh. Uh, Maha Dwe, who is uh, an HIV activist currently living with HIV, sharing with us a very, uh, you know, dark story, um, you know, about how she even eventually ended up at this point. So let's, let's pick it up where you left off, right? Um, when eventually you had to let your siblings find out uh, that, you know, because obviously there's medication in the house, you know, they, they can see what, you know, this was happening. And then eventually they learned uh, what had happened and what the current situation is. Now, fast forward to some time shortly after that, yes. you decided, Ore, you're going to be an activist. Yes. All right. Um, let's talk about that. What brought that about? Like, what is it that spoke to you and said, maybe it's time you talk and teach people about this thing? Um, the thing is, I, I believe that, you know, when you talk or tell people about what is going on with you, you get it from deep within, you know, uh, being an activist is something that it's so close to me because we actually need to break the stigma. Mm. We, we actually need to break the stigma and so that people should learn that even you are, if you are HIV positive, you still have the right to be you. Mm. You still have the right to be treated as a normal person. So when, when, when you say that, you know what, I'm HIV positive and I deserve the respect that I'm giving to you. So I think that is what is, has pushed me to to be an activist Mm. because I I believe that you cannot expect a a math teacher to come and 
teach people biology. True. Yeah. True. So yeah. if someone who is a biologist and they talk about you know the health signs of things, mm. then it makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes. And then uh, th- uh, throughout your time as an activist, have you maybe encountered or come across um, young women? Um, who, when they spoke to you, you felt like you related more. Maybe their stories were a bit similar to yours and you felt like these were the perfect people for you to talk to them. And, you know, how did you go about uh, motivating them and talking to them about HIV? Okay, uh, with me, even though I got the support from my family, I still felt that they did not understand what I was going through, you know, as much as they were supporting me fully so. So I actually uh, became a member of a support group that deals with abuse mm. because remember I was abused. Yes, you were. Yeah. yeah. So it it made sense, you know. I I felt home because they have been through what I went through. So I it it actually became my mandate that you know, for me, it's it's, it's something that I need to do because I've been helped. So it, it's my job to also help those who want to be helped. Mm. Yes. So if 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 you were to say some, I mean, you've already mentioned how you know um, it's still a lot of work to uh, destigmatize, if that's if that's a word. Yes. Um, you know HIV, and you know how you know it's, it's still maybe looked at differently in the black communities and other communities. I'd like to believe. I want yes. Mara. What is it that you would like people to know right now? Because I believe what people, people's actions are a direct result of what they know. Yes. You understand? Yeah. People's actions are a direct result of what they know. And, mm-hmm. and, and we don't know any better. We don't know much. Yes. So in order for us to behave differently, we need to know more. Yes. And that being said, I would like you, maybe if you were to be given an opportunity to say something that would then change how people think about HIV. What would you say? In a nutshell, I will say HIV is not a death sentence. You know, for the fact that treatment is there, as long as you're taking good care of yourself. Uh, I think even with me, even when I say I'm HIV positive, people just don't believe it. Uh, unfortunately, I can't go on carrying my results and mm. showing everybody uh, because now uh, I've been taking medication since 2011. So the virus has been suppressed, you know. Yeah, Even yeah. if I go and test, it won't come out as it did mm. in 2007. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And, but the the overall thing that I can say to them is that, you know what, we are HIV positive, but still we deserve to be respected. We deserve to be loved. And if you cannot do that for us, then let us live our lives to the best of our ability mm. without being judged, you know. Yeah. And we don't even oppress or force anyone to, to, you know, to value us, you know, because everyone has the right to feel how they feel. Mm. But we are still going to tell them that we are here to, to be with you guys. Mm. So we're not going anywhere. And maybe just as a sidebar, right? Do you ever feel the need? Um, I don't know how to, to to phrase this question properly. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think of how to put it. Um, is there ever a time where, outside of you know employment uh, issues uh, or, or commitments, is there ever a time where you feel like um, I need to disclose to this particular group of people 
uh, that you know I am positive could be I don't know I don't know um, or sometimes it, it you know because like I'm saying I'm struggling to find a way to, to put this <laughs> no I do hey, get I'm struggling you. <laughs> I can't these things we we, we might yes. have to disclose we might yes. not have to disclose yes. but for you when do you feel like you uh, this is the time to disclose uh, you know what you you don't even have to disclose but mm. it's it's actually a personal choice i remember with me i i have three friends we we go to we used to go to the same church so those are the people that i was spending most of my time with and I remember it was just after church on a Sunday, we decided to go out for lunch mm. without even having to think twice. I just told them, mm. you know, mm. and it actually disturbed uh, our lunch because they were like, hey, did we just hear what we had, you know? And, uh, but them being so free and open-minded, you know, we had now to talk about HIV and I even told them guys you need to be free around me you know mm. it's not like you need to shield me to that extent mm. but I just felt that because they were people that I was so close with them but we still are it's just that we are far apart from each other yeah, yeah I just wanted them to know a bit of me you know that part that I was keeping you know from a lot of people uh, Nkato out in Palabra has a question for you, right? Okay. Are, wow, what a strong woman. I cannot imagine this kind of trauma, honestly. Love and light to her. Hi, dear. Did you forget? Did you, did you find forgiveness? If so, how? Oh, okay. Yeah, that question. Um, as I said, you know, after the trauma, you go through a lot of things. Yeah. And now because uh, me having that hate, I was actually becoming a prisoner, you know, of your own hate, of my own hate, you know, because I was even directing the hate to the wrong people. Remember, not every guy that I, I know or I knew are the ones who did whatever that happened to me. So I, I remember I, the counseling. I, I went for three sessions and I actually stopped. Reason for me to stop counseling is because uh the psychiatrist was like i know what you are going through and then the question that followed was have you ever been raped then she said no and then i was like are you hiv positive she said no and then the question again was like have you ever had to terminate pregnancy that was of rape and then she said and then i said to her then don't say you know rather to you understand, understand. what i'm yeah, going through yeah. and then i stopped so and then the counseling after that that i went through was actually a spiritual one you know I, I met, uh, uh, I don't know if I should mention, but I, I was uh, put through Pastor Koma. Okay. So, yeah, then I had to tell him what, what was going on with me. And then we prayed, you know, after the, the prayer, then I actually felt a bit lighter because he touched more on forgiveness, mm. you know. And mm. as you said, no one is perfect, you know. Mm. So I just. I just decided to forgive those guys without even knowing them, mm. you know, and I actually, you know, it does not go away, but it actually makes things easier. Mm. So, yes, I forgave them, uh, I think. But even if 
they I will bump into them and they tell me that we are the ones who, who raped you. The question that I will ask is what made you to do that, mm. you know? But you know, but yeah. still I forgave them. Mm. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Um, that is our time, you know. Uh, that is our time. That is that is the time that we have for for this discussion, and and I appreciate you coming through. You know, uh, I appreciate you coming through to share your story. One thing I'll tell you about our conversation today, it it has changed somebody's perspective right now as we speak. There's somebody who's sitting right now thinking, "Oh wow," you know. Uh, now I look at one, two, three things differently. Yes. And that is the purpose of uh, Motivation Monday. So you have fulfilled that purpose today. And then um, outside of that, you know, um, coming, coming from me, I would say you, you, you possess, you know, a, a bravado unknown to, to, to somebody like me. You know, we, you know we, everybody has their challenges, but I, I believe what I'm, uh, the way you are so brave in how you have dealt with that particular issue and the fact that you've dealt with it at a very young delicate age and you know converted that pain into focus and then then activism i'll repeat that that is bravado unknown so uh shout out to you you know um and 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 look best of luck with everything else that you're going to be engaging in in the future and then before i let you go maybe i should ask you if um because you are in activism yes how can somebody uh, reach out to you if they want to talk to you about this particular thing? You know, um, how can they get a hold of you? Is there social media that you use? Is there some sort of organization? How, how can they get to Ntabising? Can I give out my social handle? Of course, of course. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome to do so. It's fine. Oh, no. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, uh, social media? My name is Sinkaming Ntabiseng Itamohate. I don't know if they're going to get the name right, yeah, well, but I will spell my name for you. Okay. S-E-N-G-K-A-M-E-N-G. That's okay. Sinkaming Ntabiseng Itamohate. Okay. That's my Facebook. And then you can inbox me and then we can take it further from there. All right. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I can't thank you enough. You know, best of luck once again with everything that you're going to be engaging in. Um, keep 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 the fire burning, you know. Um, keep educating our sisters. Keep yes. educating our brothers. Keep educating our parents. Yes. And yeah, hopefully you and I have um, another conversation, a different conversation, <laughs> okay. uh, in the next couple of months. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much. That is Ntabi Singh Mohatwe speaking to us today about HIV. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit CapricornFM.co.za.